Anybody happy besides me? Woo! Man, I'm loaded for bear tonight. Big, big, big bear. Can you take it? I, I hope you can. Can you? I need to take some extra time on the offering. Not receiving the offering, talking to you about some amazing things. Hallelujah. About your ministry and about what's coming next. Can you? You got the time. Hallelujah. The Lord dealt with me about this. I want you to go um, to, let's see, start out in 2 Samuel 7. Back, oh, let's see, 15 years ago now, Phyllis and I uh, were in transition. We had been helping the Hagans uh, there in Tulsa, Oklahoma for near 20 years. And the Lord had dealt with us about developing our own ministries. And uh, we happened to be, I don't remember the circumstances at the moment, how it worked out, but uh, we were privileged to ride in uh, Brother Kenneth and Miss Gloria's Bravo airplane that they had just got. And we were, for some reason, we were coming back with them. And I know Miss Gloria and uh, Billy Brim was in the back there with us. Phyllis and myself, and the Lord brought up a verse, brought up this verse right here while we were flying back with them, 2 Samuel 7 and 10. He said, moreover, I will appoint a place for my people Israel and will plant them that they may dwell in a place of their own, that they may dwell in a place of their own. Somebody say a place, a place of their own. And move no more, neither shall the children of wickedness afflict them any more as before time. The latter part is coupled with them having a place of their own. Somebody say a place of their own. And when that verse came up, the Lord ministered to Phyllis and myself, I'm going to give you your own. Hallelujah. At that point, we had been a helps ministry only and thankful for it. But the Lord dealt with us, I'm going to give you your own. And we knew what that meant, our own place, our own equipment. Come on, are y'all listening to me? Our own abilities to fulfill the call. Hallelujah. And that's the verse the Lord gave us. And it has come to pass. Oh, somebody say glory to God. Now, the question is, does the Lord want you to have your own? Yes, sir. That was weak in the back. <laughs> now, you, you know, some things you, you can't be passive or neutral about it if it's going to happen for you. Amen. Do you know it's not enough to just believe that Jesus is a Lord or that God is real? The devils believe that God is real. You have to believe and receive and confess that he is my Savior, my healer. You, you, you've got to uh, reach out for yourself. Nobody can receive it for you but you. So uh, let me ask you again, what do you think? Do you think the Lord wants you to have your own? Yes. If you don't believe it enough to say yes out loud, 
You just don't believe it enough to get it. So I'm going to give you another opportunity here in just a minute. Don't, don't, don't get concerned. How many remember Ephesians 4.27? I'm going to read it in Amplified. It says, leave no room or foothold for the devil. Give no opportunity to him. Now I want you to look at our, I'll read your, our text to you again. 2 Samuel 7.10, I'm going to read the New Century Version. 2 Samuel 7.10 says, I will choose a place for my people Israel. I'll plant them so they can live in their own homes. They'll not be bothered anymore. Wicked people will no longer bother them as they have in the past. And that's coupled with what? Having your own place. Having your own place closed the door to some access from the enemy. (laughs) We're just getting started. (laughs) Go with me to Acts, the 27th chapter. Man, the Lord's given us some good things. I'm so, so excited about it. Hallelujah. Acts 27. One. I'm going to read probably the chapter. When it was determined that we should sail into Italy, they delivered Paul and certain other prisoners under one named Julius, a centurion of Augustus band. And entering into a ship, ships were the planes of the day. If you needed to go a long trip, you went in a ship. Long trips, big ships. <laughs> little short trips, little ships. And we launched, meaning to sail by the coast of Asia, one Aristarchus of Macedonia, Thessalonica being with us. And the next day we touched at Sidon, and Julius courteously entreated Paul and gave him liberty to go into his friends to refresh himself. Somebody say favor. Favor. And when we had launched from thence, we sailed under Cyprus because the winds were contrary. And when we sailed over the sea of Cilicia and Pamphylia, we came to Myra, a city of Lycia. And there the centurion found a ship of Alexandria sailing to Italy, and he put us therein. Another ship. Somebody say another ship. And when we had sailed slowly, thank God for airplanes. (laughs) I tell you, I don't care what kind of ship you got, it's slowly compared to an airplane. I mean, there's the fast ones, the big ones, they'll get right up there. 15 miles an hour. <laughs> oh, but brother, you pull up the full throttles on, a, on some big engines on a plane, next thing you know, 500 miles an hour, 600 miles an hour. You can get there and back. Same day. Somebody say, glory to God. Glory to God. Well, that's the day you and I live in. If we'd have been born for that time, we'd have been graced for slow sailing. I ain't graced for slow sailing. How about you? Maybe you are. Okay, I won't get it. I'm graced for get there and don't mess around. We sailed slowly many days and scarce were come over against Nidus, the wind not suffering us. We sailed under Crete over against Salmoni. 
And hardly passing it, we came to a place which is called the Fair Havens, nigh whereunto was the city of Lycia, there traveling. When much time was spent and sailing was dangerous now, because the fast that time of the year was already passed, Paul admonished them. He said to them, sirs, I perceive. What does that mean, I perceive? This is by the Holy Spirit. I perceive that this voyage will be with hurt and much damage, not only of the lading of the ship, but also of our lives. This is a word of wisdom. It's a gift of the Spirit. I mean, look at how specific it is. It's a word of wisdom because it has to do with the future. And it's specific. How would he know the lading of the ship and the ship and our lives? How would he know that? Only way you'd know that is by the Holy Spirit. Now let me let me just stop right here. When the Spirit of God quickens you, if you go now and go there, you are in danger of losing your equipment, of losing your cargo, of losing your lives. If the Spirit of God says that, what do you do? You don't go. Did I lose somebody? This is not difficult. If the Spirit of God deals with you and says that to you, tell me, what do you do? How about over here? What do you do? You don't go. You don't go unless and until he tells you something different. Hmm? I know maybe you think you got that, but you may not have it as good as you need to have it. If the Spirit of God, we're not talking about an audible voice. We're not talking about an angel choir. He what? Perceived. He perceived it. This is something you can easily override, which they did. Which they did. He perceived it. He didn't have a vision. Didn't say he was caught up in a trance. Didn't say he saw anything or heard anything in vision. He perceived it. And yet, how many know that's the Holy Ghost too? Right? Need to pay attention to it. Yes, sir. I perceive this voyage will be with hurt, much damage, not only of the lading and the ship, but also of our lives. But what happened? Nevertheless, the centurion believed the master and the what? The what? (laughs) The owner of the ship. More than those things which were spoken by Paul. And so Paul and the Holy Spirit were completely ignored. Why? They didn't own it. And because the haven was not commodious to winter in, the hotels were not nice there. The beaches wasn't very good. Most of them said, we need to get out of here and we can go over to Phoenice and winter there. It's a haven of Crete toward the southwest and northwest. Good plan, good plan. And they checked the weather and it was great. And when a south wind blew softly, just what you need. It is. Supposing they had obtained no purpose, loosing lynch, they sailed close by Crete. They're being careful, not getting too far away. Good weather, good wind. That preacher don't know what he's talking about. 
The master of the ship, R. I've been doing this matey for nigh on 49 years. Ain't letting no preacher tell me how to run my boat. I don't know where that came from. (laughs) But not long, not long. Somebody say not long. long. You, when the Spirit of God tells you something, you don't look at the news to see if it's right. When the Spirit of God tells you something, you don't look at the stats, at the figures, to see if it's right. Because all you're looking at is old news. Is that right? And he knows things to come. And he was, wasn't he showing them things to come? You can't find that on the news. What channel you got that shows you what's going to happen next week and next month? No. Not long after. Somebody said not long. There arose against it a tempestuous wind called Eroclodon. That means a typhoon. A typhoon. And when the ship was caught and could not bear up into the wind, we let her drive. They're out of control. They're not even controlling this thing anymore. They're in trouble. And running under a certain island, which is called Claude, we had much work to come by the boat. Which when they taken up, they used helps, undergirding the ship, fearing lest we should fall into quickstands, strike sail, and so were driven. They're just trying to survive. We being exceedingly tossed with the tempest. The next day, they lighten the ship. They're throwing stuff overboard. The third day, we cast out with our own hands the tackling of the ship. These are the ropes and the blocks that you need to operate the sails. This is your equipment that you need to run. Why, what? They are so desperate. They're doing anything to lighten the boat. Because they know they're about to sink just any hour. And when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared. And in no small tempest lay on us. All hope that we should be saved was then taken away. Everybody knew. It's hopeless. We're going to die out here. Everybody was convinced of it. After long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them, and he said, (laughs) what did he say? Sirs, you shouldn't listen to me. (laughs) Is that right? (laughs) Somebody says, don't ever tell somebody I told you so. Well, he did. (laughs) You should listen to me and not have loosed from Crete and to have gained this harm and loss. Now let me. I need to read this to you. Some other translations. Weymouth says. Sirs you should listen to me. And not have sailed from Crete. You would then have escaped. This suffering and loss. Amplified says. You should listen to me. And not have put to sea from Crete. And brought on this disaster. And harm and misery and loss. He said you brought it on. Easy to read says, I told you not to leave Crete. Uh, Let's just stop right now. Where are they? We don't know. They don't know where they are. They've been driven for winds. I mean, uh, put your life in the back. Days and nights 
They don't know where they are. They're completely lost. Thinking any hour they're going to sink, go under, die out there. Where did the Spirit of God tell them to be right now? Where are they supposed to be right now? Crete. And if they'd have been in Crete, they'd have been fine. Why aren't they in Crete? Because the owner of the boat, the owner of the boat and the master, the driver of the ship knew better than some wild-eyed preacher. They thought. But it wasn't the wild-eyed preacher. It was the Holy Spirit. I said it was the Holy Spirit told them, don't leave Crete right now. But Paul wasn't in charge. Wasn't up to him. He said, you shouldn't have left Crete. Then we would not have all this trouble and loss. The message Bible says, we could have avoided all this trouble and trial. Complete Jewish says, if you had, you would have escaped this disastrous loss. I'm going to say something to you that, that if you think traditional, it may surprise you. This shipwreck and what happened on that island was not supposed to happen. It was not the perfect will of God. It was not the plan of God. Mr. Brother Keith, it's in the Bible. I know. I know it is. It doesn't make it the perfect plan of God and the perfect will of God. The, is this true or not? If you had stayed in Crete, is this the anointed word of God? This wouldn't have happened. Is everybody awake? He said, but, verse 22, go ahead. I exhort you to be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the ship. We're going to lose the ship. Hmm? Is that the perfect will of God? They're not even supposed to be in this part of the sea. They are at the wrong place at the wrong time. I want you to notice what we just got through reading. After they ignored what uh, the Spirit of God through Paul told them, everything looked fine. It said not long after there arose a typhoon wind. That thing came up after they disobeyed the Spirit of God's instructions. Which is exactly what the enemy is looking for every day of our lives. He wants us to ignore what the Spirit of God tells us to do so that we wind up at the wrong place at the wrong time and he then has access to us. Come on, look at the picture. I mean, this storm raged. It was a supernatural storm. It raged on and on and on without getting any better for days after days after days. And then when they finally crashed on the island, what's the first thing happens to Paul? Get snake bit. Now that's not normal. The devil is doing his best to kill him and prevent him from getting to Rome. 
and fulfilling his call and commission that God gave him on the road to Damascus when he told him, you're going to bear my name before kings and before the Gentiles. You're going to be a witness for me. He would have never had opportunity to cause that storm or the snake bite if they were cooling their heels in Crete. Now, if this don't sound right to you, don't throw it away. Don't throw it away. Search the scriptures. Do I need to go over this again slowly? Are you you with me? Huh? Where are they supposed to be? Help me out, saints. Crete. This will this will answer a question right here. Is Paul a man of God? Is he a mighty man of God? This man has been caught up to the third heaven. This man has seen Jesus. Multiple visions of the head of the church. Most of what we know in the New Testament about faith, we learn from the Holy Spirit through his writings. And authority, our authority in Christ, our righteousness in Christ. Why did he not stand up on the deck of that ship and rebuke that storm? Why didn't he shut that thing down? Why couldn't he save the ship? And the cargo and all that money. It's not his. So he doesn't have authority over it. And they wouldn't give it to him. They had an opportunity. Even though it wasn't. You don't have to own something. To be able to take authority concerning it. If the people who own it will give you that place. Come on, are y'all listening? But if they won't, you don't have a right. And the devil knows that. Why would you say? I mean, you read the rest of this. He Keep on. He says, I exhort you to be of good cheer. There shall be no loss of any man's life among you. After a lot of praying and seeking God and the Lord sent an angel, he did get that. The people are not going to die. But that's all he could get. Keep reading. Because there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve. How many think they're paying a little closer attention today (laughs) than they did back in Crete? And he said, the angel told me, fear not, Paul. Oh, get this, get this, get this. You must be brought before Caesar. You have an appointment in Rome. And I've got to get you there. Hallelujah. And because you asked, I'm I'm putting that in there. God gave you everybody that's with you. They don't know how glad they ought to be that the man of God that they mocked is on the boat with them. Because it's only because they're with him that they're going to make it. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer. Cheer up. (laughs) They're green as they can be from throwing up for days. They're hanging on to the, the side of the ship. Waves are crashing. And he says, cheer up. Cheer up. Because I believe God. Oh, somebody say, I believe God. I believe God. It shall be even as it was told me. It's going to be just like that. How be it? We must be 
Another verse, another translation says, we have to be cast on an island. Why? Because he didn't have the authority. They're going to lose the ship. Why? The Holy Spirit told them before they left Crete, they're in danger of losing the ship, of losing the stuff, of losing their lives. Didn't he tell them that? That's why Paul couldn't stand on the deck of this ship and rebuke the wind and waves. When Jesus did it, Jesus stood and rebuked the wind and waves. The people he was with, he had full authority. Come on, are you listening? Were they submitted to him? Did they give him that place? And sometimes it talks about when they got in the ship. Sometimes it says they got in the ship. Well, Peter and those guys own their own ship. We're going to talk about that in just a minute. What was our text that we started reading on? The Lord gave them. He gave them their own. Place of their own. Stuff of their own. And as a result of that, the wicked didn't harass them as in times past. It closed some doors that the enemy had access to. He said, we're going to have to be cast on this island. When the 14th Night was come. They're driven up and down. They thought they found some country. Keep going. They sounded. There's 20 fathoms. The wind sounded 15. Water's getting shallow. Fearing lest we should fall upon the rocks, they cast four anchors out and wished it was day. <laughs> now, now, come on. If they'd have listened to the Lord, they'd be ordering room service. Over in the Crete Inn. Am I right? And see, people, Christians don't know any better than to be in the middle of something like this. Go, oh, God, I don't know why you're putting me through all this. You should be in Crete. You ain't even supposed to be here. How many understand it is so important that you and I be where we're supposed to be, when we're supposed to be there? Is it important? Yes. To not be, to ignore what the Lord tells us is to give opportunity to the enemy. To give him access and opportunity to attack and destroy. Where's the safe place? Where's the secret place of the Most High underneath the shadow of his wings? It's right dab in the middle of the perfect will of God. Come on, are you listening? It's where he told you to be. Doing what he told you to do. Because if you're not, if he told you something and you knew it, but you ignored it and rebelled against it. Did you hear that word? In rebellion, you're actually yielding to the enemy. That's why the Bible said, submit yourselves to God. Then resist the devil and he'll flee from you. You're not in a position to exercise authority over the enemy if you're rebelling like the enemy. He, uh, <laughs> thank you, Lord. He said, we're going to have to run aground on some island. And uh, when the angel told him, you got to be brought before Caesar, the only reason they made it out of that alive. Is because of the mercy of God. Is that right? And the plan of God to get Paul to Rome. Elsewise they would have died. Right there. Because other people were in charge. 
they wound up at the wrong place at the wrong time. Go to the 28th chapter and the uh, 30th verse. Once they did get there. Now you know what happened once they got on the island snake bidding. That's not natural. But God sustained him. And what the enemy it meant for evil. God just took that as an opportunity to have a move of God on that island. Is that right? And yet they weren't supposed to be there. So so how that island would have been reached. God would have took care of it. He can do things more than one way. But they're not supposed to be there. But because Paul wasn't controlling it. And he believed God. God sustained him and kept him. And thank God everybody was with him. And they had a revival. and Healing move of God. Is that right? And, And the Lord brought them through. Well, when he got, when they got back and they got out of there, you know, one of the first things Paul did, he got his own house. <laughs> Can you see this? Paul dwelt two whole years in his own, his own hired house. And he received everybody that wanted to come to him. And he preached just what he wanted to preach as long as he wanted to preach. Why? It's his house. I mean, I mean, he's renting it. And so for the time he's got it, he, had, he must have had his own money. He's a prisoner. I mean, oh God can get you enough money as a prisoner to have your own house. Is that right? Just on a stopover. Is that right? <laughs> Two whole years. Somebody say glory to God. Now, now, now listen to the Amplified. See if this sounds familiar. I didn't figure all this out. God gave it to me this afternoon. He just gave it to me. Hallelujah. Just gave it to me. What does a preacher need with an airplane? What if Paul had had his own ship? Is it good to have your own buildings so people can't kick you out, shut you down halfway in the service? Come on, are you listening? Is, Is it good to have your own stuff? It is. Say it out loud. The Lord wants me. He's already prepared for me. To have my own. Everything I need. To do what I'm supposed to do. After Paul lived there for two entire years at his own expense. In his own. That's a lot of his own. His own rented lodging. He welcomed all who came to him. Preaching to them the kingdom of God. Teaching them about the Lord Jesus with boldness and quite openly. Why? He in his own house. Preach what he want to. Without being molested or hindered. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Nobody's bugging him. Why? Why? It's his place. Mm-hmm. I feel a song coming on. God gives me my own. Got my own money. <laughs> if you got your own money, you don't have to pay somebody big amounts of interest for the privilege of using theirs. Somebody says, got my own money. Got my own car. Got my own car. 
got my own buildings. I'm going to go far. <laughs> got my own airplanes. Got my own ships. Go where I want to. Take my own trips. <laughs> Brother Kenneth, sir, what was that the Lord told you about when getting that ten? If he wanted you to be at a certain place, what did he say? We were uh, in the convention, and um, Brother Jerry was preaching. And, and I was back behind the curtain back there. And the Lord said, I want you to believe me for a citation ten right now. He said, if I want you to be in Tokyo in the morning, I don't want you to have to ask somebody else if you can go. And there came a morning right after we got it. I got up that morning and the Lord said, I need you in Tokyo. Wow. I said, saddle her up, boy. <laughs> we headed out. Amen. <laughs> hey, we didn't have to call nobody. Didn't have to ask oh, anybody. Well, look at this, look at this, look at this. Glory and to God. We, we had an opportunity to preach in China, mm -hmm. in Beijing, mm -hmm. against the law, mm. <laughs> in an underground church setting. Uh -huh. And so uh, we had to fly to Tokyo and land in Tokyo and then take a charter airplane out of Tokyo, get into Beijing. And so the the Lord, just, I mean, he he just he said it to me on the spot. He said, "I need you in Tokyo in the morning." Here I called go. Wayne. I said, uh, "Let's go, boys." <laughs> <laughs> Glory to God! Hallelujah! If I want you to be in Tokyo in the morning, I don't want you to have to ask anybody if you can go. Well, you know, one reason why. What if they say no? What if they say no? Then who's in control of your ministry? Go with me to uh, Luke, fifth chapter. I'm at least halfway through with this. Is it worth your time? This is important. This is really important. Again and again, bad things have happened to good people because they were at the wrong place at the wrong time. Not listening to the Lord. Somebody else is in control. Somebody else is making the decisions. The Lord wants to direct it through you. He wants to control it through you. But you'll have to have control over the stuff. Or the building or the land or the machine. Or elsewise that's not how it's going to work. In Luke the fifth chapter. Luke chapter five. What if Paul had had his own boat? They would have missed a typhoon. Yeah. They would have missed snake bites. Yeah. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> Weeks of throwing up. It would have never happened to them. They'd have missed the whole thing. Because Paul would have said, Guys, Spirit of God, that with me this morning, that we just need to hang out here in Crete for a couple of weeks. So y'all just enjoy. Yeah. That would have been the end of it. Yeah. Come on, can y'all see yeah. this? That would have been the end of it. <laughs> 
Well, Peter did have his own boat. I said Peter did have his own boat. Are y'all there, Luke 5? Verse 1. Said it came to pass, as the people pressed upon Jesus to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret. He saw two ships. Be like two planes today. (laughs) Would it or not? Ships were the planes of the day. But the fishermen were gone out of them and they were washing their nets. Now we need to remember, these are not canoes. It's hard to preach out of a canoe. (laughs) These are not the giant vessels of today's commercial fleet, but for the day, it's a commercial fishing rig. This is a substantial ship for the area for the day. And uh, Jesus entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's. And a bunch of folk didn't rain down on him and say, what are you doing? Get off this boat. It's Simon's. And he asked Simon, let, let, let me back up. He entered one of the ships. Read the next three words. What? Amplified said he got into one of the boats, the one that belonged to Simon. Whose boat is this? Simon's boat. Simon's boat. And he must have owned it free and clear because after this episode, the Bible said they left it all and went and followed Jesus. Well, if you got a bunch of big payments, you can't just mothball it. Yeah, like one bumper sticker I saw, it said, I owe, I owe, so off to work I go. They didn't have to. They must have owned it free and clear. Well, it didn't say it was the bank's. It's Simon's. And he prayed him that he had thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Oh, friends. Whole ownership by the grace of God opens up a whole new world to you. Oh, come on, are y'all listening? And if the Lord says, I have need of that, you don't have to ask anybody. Come on, are you listening? And when he says, now thrust out a little from the land, he sat down. They had a hallelujah time. The word of God flowed off of Simon's boat to the people on the the, the shore side there. Keep reading. When he left speaking, he said, Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draft. And Simon said, I'm sorry, sir, but company policy (laughs) prevents us from launching this time of the day. It's not scheduled for this boat to go out until about six hours from now. Well, Peter was the company. He is the company. I'm about to check with headquarters. Yeah, my head. It's okay. And after a little bit of convincing, he said, it's your word. I'm going to do it. So they launched out. And they got a big catch of fish, which is moolah. They're in the fishing business. This is monies. And then there was a big uproar about whose money, whose fish it was. Because of the company who owned the... Whose fish are these fish? It's Peter's fish because it's Peter's boat. 
Oh, somebody say glory to God. Can you see this? Oh, hallelujah. Somebody say glory to God. What are we talking about? We're talking about having your own. We're talking about the freedom of having your own. Going when you want to. Coming back when you want to. Not just when you want to. When he leads you to. Come on. There's a huge difference in that. When he leads you to. We're talking about the safety and security of having your own. You can miss whole episodes of disaster. Because you can call the shots and say, no, I'm not going. We're not going to do that. We're not going to use, we're not going to let that happen in our building. This is God's building. We don't have to lease it out to some ungodly thing. Huh? We don't have to let people have a seance in it. It's our, it's our building. So the answer is no. You can't do that here. And the only way you can do that is if it's yours. The convenience of having your own. Hadn't got to get up at at 1.30 in the morning to catch your flight. Leave it a sensible time. (laughs) The enhanced ability to do what you previously couldn't even do. God's adding ability to us. And the enjoyment I said the enjoyment. On your own boat, you can put your little jacket in the closet. Is that right? Put the kind of tea that you like in the drawer. Come on here. Are y'all listening to me? Huh? Didn't the Bible say he gives us richly all things to enjoy? Somebody say glory to God. Glory to God. Somebody needs to hold up a hand and say, I believe it, Lord. I will believe for my own. I will receive my own. Hallelujah. And do with it what you tell me to. In Jesus' name. Glory to God. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians, please. 2 Corinthians. And the fourth chapter. 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 13. It says, We, having the same spirit of faith, according as it's written, I believed, and therefore have I spoken. Spoken. Unless the Lord directs me differently, tomorrow night, I'm excited about it tonight. Unless he says differently, I believe we're going to be talking about the sound of faith. Oh, ho, ho. <laughs> faith has a sound. Actually, the literal word is tone. Faith has a tone. And when you hit it, <laughs> when you hit that tone, stuff happens. <laughs> Hope you can come back. <laughs> We having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed, and therefore have I spoke. When you speak, you're making sounds. 
We believe, and so therefore we what? Speak. And he, you see the description of the spirit of faith in the previous verses, verse 8, troubled on every side, yet not distressed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, cast down, but not destroyed. The spirit of the overcomer that we're singing about. 1 John 5, you don't have to turn there, but 1 John 5, verse 1. Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Is that you? Is that you? Yes, sir. Everyone that loves him that begat loves him also that's begotten of him. Keep going. By this we know we love the children of God when we love God and we keep his commandments. This is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not grievous. Did you know his yoke is easy? Yes, his burden is light. When you're t- somebody talking about how hard it is to serve God. Uh, it's because they're not doing it right. Yes, sir. I'm serious. Yes. Is Jesus right or not? Yes, sir. Is his, his yoke is what? Easy. His yoke is hard. No. It's a heavy load no. carrying a ministry like this. <laughs> it must not be his ministry you're carrying. Because he said his was Easy. light. <laughs> Did I miss somebody on this? You have to disobey God to burn out. You have to disobey Him. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Did you feel that? You, you have to listen to Him. There's been many a time. I was all stirred up about something and I'm ready to plunge into something else and the Lord said, go to sleep. Go to sleep. Well, if I'm studying and praying and seeking him when he told me to go to sleep, I'm studying the Bible and missing God. I'm being rebellious, praying. Because he told me, just like he told them to be in Crete, stay in Crete. I'm supposed to be in the bed. He knows us better than we know ourselves. He knows our physical limitations. Come on, are you listening? He knows, and he will tell you, that's enough. Shut that off. Preachers, heads of ministries, believers, you're not supposed to go night and day. You're not supposed to work all day and do 10,000 emails and and, and texts, and then you're still doing it 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock at night at the house. Come on, are you listening? You keep doing that week after week after week. You have to override the Spirit of God to do it. Because He will tell you, stop that. Lay that down. Quit. Get quiet. Take a nap. Take a nap. Anybody remember that? Take a nap. Mm. Well, I can't. Yes, you can. I got to work three jobs. God can fix that for you. Mm-hmm. If you say you can't, then you can't. You're stuck. But if you'll believe God, He can get you to where? You can be freed up, loosened up, have your own. Take a nap if you want to. Did I lose somebody? No. Oh man, I ought to be getting shouts all over the building. Is that right? I said, have your own. That's right. Take a nap when you want to. Yeah. 
<laughs> How did we get into all that? Verse 4. Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. You just got through telling me you were born of God. Then no matter what is in this world. Any difficulty and problem you're dealing with. It's out here where we live. And you are born of God. And you overcome the world. And the way you do it is with your God-given faith. The victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. I mentioned to you earlier this week that Brother Hagin used to say uh, uh, from time to time, the spirit of faith is the spirit of victory. It's not a position of tenets of faith. People say, what faith are you? It's not a mental position. Spirit. Spirit of faith. There's a spirit about you. You you can hear it in the tone of your voice. You you can see it in the gleam of your eye. You can see it in your step. Faith doesn't walk like this. I said faith doesn't walk like this. Faith doesn't talk like this. Well, I guess so. We'll see. You just never know. Faith doesn't talk like that. I said faith doesn't talk like that. Faith don't walk like that. Faith don't look like that. Faith doesn't act like that. Jesus, the Lord is the glory and the lifter, lifter up of our head. Hallelujah. Faith has a look. Faith has a sound. Faith has a style and a move. And everything about it says victory. Victory. Victory over sin. Victory over disease. Victory over poverty. Victory over depression. Victory over lack. Everything about it. Looks, sounds, smells, feels like victory. Hallelujah. It's been confusing to some people because they say, I'm a, I'm, I, we're, we're faith people now, Brother Keith, and, and we're just believing God for everything we're worth. That's all, that's all we know to do. Honey, that ain't faith. Faith doesn't sound like that. Faith don't whine like that. Faith doesn't act pitiful like that. You can be saying the right thing, but it's not how technically correct your confession is. It's a spirit. Spirit of faith. There's a spirit of fear. And you can detect that too, can't you? You can hear it in the tremble of a voice. You can see it in the look of an eye. You can see it in the way people move. What? They're yielding to the spirit of fear. You can feel it when you walk in a room. Oh, and you can sense faith when you walk into a church. Hey, you you can sense it when you walk into a house. Hallelujah. That's why I told Phyllis those years ago about that guy. I didn't know him. He didn't speak in five minutes. I bumped her. I said, I like him. She said, what? I said, he has faith. 
Well, I, he's, he's barely taking his text yet. What do you mean? I can hear it in his tone. I can see it in his eye. I can see the way he's moving his hands and talking. This ain't about him telling what I can do. It ain't boasting. It ain't talking about that. I'm talking about living faith in your born again spirit. Hallelujah. You have been born of the one who has overcome everything. You are an overcomer. It's in your spiritual DNA. It's who you are. It's what you are. Hallelujah. What is with you guys? I get here and I'm preaching as hard as I can. And I'm... Glory to God. I ain't got time to look at a note. Well, this is exciting. It is. It is exciting. Because it's real. It's not just some abstract concept. The spirit of faith is tangible. It's perceptible. It's knowable. Hallelujah. And I have it. And how about you? Come on, come on. Huh? Huh? Somebody say, I have it. I, I got it. Isn't that what the text said? We having the same same spirit of faith as who? Well, there's no better place to look than Hebrews chapter 11. Is that right? Because it is just chock full of faith. Is that right? You can see it glowing when you get to the first part of chapter 10. Is that right? You can see it glowing. (laughs) The faith of all the patriarchs. Hallelujah. By the time you kicked out into chapter 12, you're just blowing with your hair back. Hallelujah. You feel the force of faith propelling you into heretofore unknown victories. Glory to God. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. (laughs) Woo. (laughs) You're one of those faith people. You got that right. You got that right. You liable to see my picture in the dictionary. By faith man. Is that right? Yours? Yours in my picture right there. I am not ashamed. Hallelujah. Because it is the only way to overcome. It is the only way to receive from God. It is the only way to please God. Hebrews. Hebrews 11. You going? You going with me? Let's go. Let's see the same spirit of faith we got. What kind of spirit that is. Actually, you need to back up to the last verses of the 10th chapter. This wasn't written in chapter and verse. Hebrews 10 and 35. 10.35 says, Cast not away, therefore, your confidence. That's another word for faith. Which has great recompense of reward. Does it pay to believe God? You have need of patience. 
that after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. Now, patience is the companion force of faith. They work together. Always. They are, for lack of a better phrase, joined at the hip. They are always together. And listen to this. When your patience runs out, that's also the end of your faith. And yet you hear people say, well, that's, boy, that's one of my shortcomings. I just, I, I don't have much uh, patience. And yet they think they're a great faith person. You don't have more faith than you do patience. It's not just believing God. A lot of folks can believe God like a house of fire for four and a half days. As long as everything looks like it's moving that way. But what separates the men from the boys and the girls from the women faith-wise is when it goes on month after month and even year after year. Come on, are y'all here? And even longer than that. That's when we find out. Because the same spirit of faith we're talking about just keeps on believing. Is unmoved. Is unfazed by the passing of time. By the worsening of symptoms. Come on, are you listening? By the change in environments and atmospheres and fads and fashions of the world that come and go. Because what it's standing on never changes. If what I'm believing does not change, then I don't change. You have need of patience. After you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. Keep going. For a little while, you need patience. Everything doesn't just happen the same day or two or a week or two. He that shall come will come and will not tarry. Now the just, the justified, the ones made righteous by faith in his blood, they will live by faith. We don't just get born again by faith. We live by the same thing that got us born again. This is what many have not seen in churches. They preach justification by faith. They preach the new birth by faith. But as soon as you get born again, oh, don't get into that faith stuff. Well, that's how you got in to start with. Is that right? And that's not the end. It's the beginning. Is that right? Just like you were born again. You believed it in your heart. You said it with your mouth. That's how you're supposed to make it through breakfast too. Is that right? That's how you're supposed to get work and back safely. Is that right? That's how you pay your bills. That's how your babies get healed. Is that right? Everything. You live by it. You walk by it. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. Now this goes along with 11.6. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Faith is moving forward. Faith is stepping up. Faith is reaching out. And if you draw back and you give up and you lay down and you quit, that's what God is not pleased with. The devil will tell you God is not pleased because you still have symptoms. That's a lie. Tell me what displeases God. Casting your confidence away. That's what displeases God. The devil will tell you because you don't have your money yet. 
Because you still owe on that thing. He will endeavor to bring condemnation. And if somebody's had a great victory, instead of you shouting with him, he'll use that to try to intimidate you. Well, why aren't you there? And, and if he didn't say it, leave the impression God's not really, he's not fully, he loves you, but he's not fully pleased with you because you're dragging around, taking so long, you still got these bills and these needs and these symptoms. Lies, 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 lies. What we should be much more concerned about than any pain or any symptom or any bill is are we believing God? Come on, are you with me? Are we confident in the Word of God? Are we persuaded? Are we believing? Because what's he looking at? He's not looking at them little symptoms. He's looking at your heart. He's not looking at those little bills. He's looking at our hearts. And if our heart is believing him right now, then he's pleased with us right now. Before one thing changes in the natural. He's pleased with us right now. Man, if that don't bless you, you're not paying attention. When was the Father pleased with Jesus? Before the ministry and the miracles and the cross. Is that right? When was God pleased with Enoch? Before he was translated. Is that right? When was he pleased with Abraham? Before. He followed the instructions and was circumcised and all that. In fact, a perfect example of this is when he offered up his son Isaac. Is that right? God saw him do it in his heart. So it wasn't necessary to do it in the natural. Can you see this? God's looking at the heart. Someone say, well, he didn't do it. God said he did. Because in his heart he did. And if he hadn't called him, it would have happened in the natural too. Is that right? It was happening and God knew it. He he sees what's in your heart. Being creatures born into the natural is too easy to be fixated on what we're seeing and feeling. And that's walking beside. But the man of God, the faith man, faith woman, they begin to rise above that. And they pay less and less attention to what they see or what they feel. Come on, are you with me? Because we don't walk by what we feel and see. We don't walk by sight. We walk by faith. Hallelujah. Keep reading. Now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul will have no pleasure in him. Keep going. We are not of them. That draw back unto perdition or destruction. We are of those that believe. To the saving of the soul. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now faith is. All this goes together. Is that right? Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Hope is confident expectation. That has to do with the future. And it is the evidence of things not seen. Won't you say these two phrases? Not yet. Not yet. Not seen. Not seen. When you're in faith, it's what? Not yet. In this realm. And what else in this realm? Not seen. Come on, say it again. Not yet. Not yet. And not seen. And not seen. 
And that's normal for faith. We don't see anything. Yeah, that's that's what faith is. There ain't nothing happened yet or that you can see. But that's that's normal for faith. Now I want you to see how that this theme keeps coming up again and again, not yet, not seen. By it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear or many translations say which are visible. Let me say it again. Entirely too much emphasis on the seeing and feeling in this realm. Hmm? To grow up in God means you pay less and less attention. I've been reminded several times of what I've, of course this was before my time, but what I heard others say that Smith Wigglesworth used to say often. And they'd ask him, one person made the mistake of asking him how he felt. And he bellowed. And he said, I don't ask Smith Wigglesworth how he feels. And that's some of the best advice you could ever hear. Is that right? Don't ask your body how it feels. You don't need to hear it. It's already demanding your attention. Come on, are you with me? Don't ask the world how the finances are doing. It's just asking for trouble. (laughs) Verse 4. By faith offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by the which he obtained witness he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, by it he being dead, yet speaks. We are still talking about his offering tonight. Hallelujah. It's because he gave it in faith. By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death. Now that language is very specific. Everybody say, not see death. What happened? Actually, one translation says he didn't even glimpse it. The word means glimpse. On his way out, he didn't even get a glimpse of death. He's just out. And and he was not found. Apparently, they did a search and rescue. (laughs) Put posters up on the street. Where did Enoch go? (laughs) Could not be found because God had translated him. And as we talked about the other night, how did he get translated? Look at the first two words. First two words. It's not something that God just decided to do that he had nothing to do with. He believed to be translated. (laughs) Somebody said, I'm going to try that. It don't come by trying. <laughs> he was not found because God had translated him for before his translation he had this testimony when when before before he was translated he pleased God it wasn't when he made the big move and he was translated and God said oh that's impressive look at that he made it Mm-mm. God was pleased before that happened by his faith. Somebody said out loud, it's my faith, it's my faith that, pleases that pleases God. Not the absence of symptoms. Not, absence of symptoms. Not, money in the bank. Not money in the bank. Not finishing up the task. Up the task. It's, my it's my faith that pleases him, that pleases him right, now. right now. 
Hallelujah. That's good news. That will get rid of condemnation. It will just shut it down. It'll get rid of it. And don't you be a mouthpiece for the enemy about somebody either. If somebody's dealing with something and it's taken a lot longer than you think it ought to. For one thing, have you ever done that? Have you ever overcome what they're dealing with? Then you don't know. I know what you think, but until you do it, you don't know. And it's a whole lot easier. I mean, they had the Super Bowl on. It's a whole lot easier to sit there on the couch with your tater chips. And go, what? 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 The ball was right there. It was right there. (laughs) Especially, let's say somebody fumbled or somebody didn't catch a pass or something. And you can go, man, he put it in your hands. All you had to do was put them together. That's easy for you to say. Sitting up on the couch, drinking your iced tea. But if you'd have been there, and if you were the one going to catch the ball, and you've already played, what was it, 16 pro games, you've been hit from every side, you got bruises the size of basketballs on the side, come on, you listen to me, you don't know that when you jumped to catch that ball, three cracked ribs called your name. And then the sweat and a little bit of blood was in one eye, and then that bright light was in the other eye. And come on, how many know what I'm talking about? It's easy to sit on the side and talk. Faith is the same way. Why do they still mess? Why don't they just go ahead and knock that and believe that and overcome that? You are voicing some condemnation of the enemy. Do not do that. God's looking at their heart. And that's why you shouldn't judge because you can't see their heart. You don't know, so you are unqualified to judge anything about it. And if you were in their shoes, you'd get a revelation. The thing to say is, I'm with you. As long as it takes. Is that right? I'm with you. I'm so glad you hadn't given up. I'm so glad you are a fighter. Look at you. And you're an overcomer. I can see it in your eye. Is that right? And be a faith buddy to them. I tell our folks, you know, you need faith buddies. Faith buddies have code. Secret code. Yeah. They know other people, other people don't know the code, but faith people do. You can just call your friend on, on the phone or text them and go, you know, tell me again how healed I am. That's all it takes. They will launch. Healed? Healed? You so healed? The healed people call you healed. And they begin to quote scriptures. Is that right? They quote scriptures? Is that right? And just launch. I have to say this couple of phrases, you know. Tell me again how God meets all my needs. Is that, tell me again. <laughs> and if you'll be a faith buddy, you'll reap faith buddies. You'll, you'll wind up having a lot of faith buddies that will encourage you and stir you up. Somebody say glory to God. Keep reading. Keep reading. Enoch was translated. Verse 6, without faith it's impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must It's not optional. Must believe that he is and you must believe what character of God. He's a good God. Reward is something good. That if you believe him and reach for him, 
and draw near to him, he's going to respond. He's going to draw near to you. He's going to answer you. If you seek, he's going to cause you to find. Is that right? Keep going. Noah, being warned of God of things what? Tell me what faith is. Two things from verse 1. Not yet in this realm. Not seen in this realm. Things not seen as yet. There's both of them. <laughs> Moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness, which is by faith. His act of obedience condemned the whole world, showing they could have been doing this too. But they didn't. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should have to receive for an inheritance, obeyed. Faith obeys. And he went out. What? Here's another one. Not seen. Not yet. Not knowing. But see, the devil will try to tell you something's wrong because you don't know. Something's wrong because you don't see it. Something's wrong because it hadn't happened yet. No. He's trying to tell you you've lost when you've already won. It's one of his most common and sadly most effective tactics to convince you by looking at what you don't see, what you don't feel, what hasn't happened yet to tell you you didn't get it. Too bad. So sad. And the truth is you already got it. We'll shout more about that later. By faith, he sojourned. For time's sake, skip down, verse 10. He looked for a city which had foundations whose builder and maker is God. Keep going. Sarah received strength. Somebody say amen. Amen. Judged him faithful, verse 12. If I preach on every one of these, you know we'll be here all night. You know that, right? (laughs) Sprang there one for one, even him as good as dead, like the stars of the sky, like the sand on the seashore, innumerable. Now get this, get this. You're going to have to listen with your heart for a few minutes here now, or you may not. How many think know everything in the Bible is good? Everything. These all died in faith, not having received the promises. <laughs> that don't sound right to faith people. You feel it? <laughs> what does that mean, brother? It means what it says. Somebody say they died, they died. In, faith. in faith. The just shall live by faith and walk by faith and then die, die by faith. Somebody's going to get free in here tonight. Can you stay hooked with me till we, till we get to this? There must be mind renewal concerning the significance and importance of this life. It's important to do what God called you to do in this life, to run your race, to finish your course. But other than that, it's not important. But if you don't get a revelation of that, the enemy has the wherewithal to torment you and vex you and get you to yield to the spirit of fear. Now, Hebrews, as you know, said that uh, 
Jesus became flesh and blood so that he through death might destroy him that had the power of death and deliver those who through all their lifetime, through the fear of death, were subject to bondage. What made them subject to bondage? The fear of death. Somebody say fear of death. Now the spirit of fear is the enemy's, one of his strongest weapons. And the greatest fear of all is the fear of death. And other fears are attached to it. People say, I have a fear of close places. No, you got a fear of smothering and dying. I got a fear of flying. No, you got a fear of crashing and dying. Is that right? It's a fear of dying. And the only way it can work on you is if you're afraid to die. I said that's the only way it has any grip on you is if you are afraid to die. Romans 6 says in that he died death has no more dominion over him. What what does that mean? What is baptism? It's an outward representation that I died. The old man died and we buried him. But he was born again. Hallelujah. And raised to newness of life. And death no longer has dominion over the new creation. Having died under sin, having died in Christ, we will never, ever die again. What are you saying, Brother Keith? Are you saying, are you saying we're going to live down here forever? No, the Lord tears is coming that much longer. You're going to slip out of this body. It's going to quit breathing, but you ain't even going to smell death. You're not even going to get a glimpse of it. Come on, are you on your way out? It's not going to touch you. Come on, are you listening? You are not going to die. Somebody said out loud, I'm, I'm going to give you more scripture in just a minute. But you know it's true. You know it's true. Have you read the Bible? Somebody say, I, I have, died have died in Christ and been raised up together with him. And I will never die again. I will never die again. When that revelation comes alive in you, Death will no longer scare you at all. And when death doesn't scare you, it takes away the enemy's ability to torment you over anything. Hallelujah. Read this again. Are you still in Hebrews? They did what? What did they do? They died in faith, not having received the promises. So that's a big deal. No, it's not. That's fine. Somebody's going to get some answers in here tonight. 
Well, it either worked or it didn't, based on whose time frame and what dimension are you talking about? (laughs) See, we've been too conscious of this realm. With most people on the planet, even a whole lot of believers, this is their world. This is it. But it's not everything. In fact, it's the much lesser thing. God is spirit. I am spirit. His Holy Spirit's in me. His word, which is spirit, feeds me. And I got the same spirit of faith. And the more conscious I become of that. Didn't the Bible set your mind, set your affection on things above, not on the things that are beneath? Fear of death, another way of saying it, is fear of irrecoverable loss. Fear of permanent loss. Isn't that what people say when when people around them die? We lost. We lost so and so. And why do people grieve as though there is no hope? Because to them, it is a permanent loss. And they talk about it that way. Oh, I wished I could have done this or I could have said this. And and now they're gone and I'll never be able to. Thought you said they're a believer. When my dad went home to be with the Lord a few years ago. It bothered me some because I thought, well, there's some things I wanted to do and I wanted us to be able to do together. And, and it bothered me. And the Lord, the Spirit of God inside me asked me, he said, who said you won't be able to do those things with your dad? He said, your dad's not just in your past. He's in your future. <laughs> Is it true? He said, your dad's in your future. Very, very near future. And a lot of the things you thought you wanted to do, you won't even care about when you get there. And but some of the things that you do, you will yet be able to do with them. And if that's real to you, it takes grief out of you. Come on, are you with me? If that's real to you, it takes fear away from you. I didn't lose them. They just relocated. Death is not termination, it's transition. And transition to the better. Isn't that what he said? To live is Christ, to die is not loss. Don't use the word loss about believers dying. The Bible said they gained, they gained. They didn't lose, you didn't lose. I know you might miss them sometimes, but soon and very soon, you're going to see them again. Yeah. <laughs> well, they didn't get their healing, and, and they didn't get this, and, and they didn't get that. The reason that is so tormenting is because this means too much. Mm-hmm. Selah. <laughs> is that just my idea? Anybody remember any scriptures? John 12, let me give you some. See, you need, a, you need a scripture right now. John 12, 23. Hold your place in Hebrews, we're not done. Jesus answered and said, The hour is come that the Son of Man should be glorified. 
Verily, verily, I say to you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abides alone. But if it dies, so sad. No. It brings forth much fruit. Now look at the very next thing he says. He that loves his life, talking about down here, will lose it. He that hates his life in this world shall keep it. Unto life eternal. Miss, we're not supposed to hate this life. Comparatively, we are. And the reason why that's a stumbling block to many people, is even Christians, is because they love this life. You see, believers, they will do anything, spend anything to live one more day down here. Like it was paradise or something. And people act like this is all there is and it's all important. And if you believe that, the devil can leverage that against you. You're not going to get this. You're going to lose this. You're not going to make it on this. And if you care too much about it, you go, oh no. Oh no. I like that. I want that. He said, you're going to lose it. You're losing it now. But if you're a dead man. That's right. I said, if you're a dead man, then you are, as they would say, unresponsive. You want the demons checking your pulse. <laughs> you want them checking your pulse and going, I'm not getting anything here. I'm not getting anything. Why? Because they tried to scare you with this and you're like, they tried to tempt you with this. You're like, he's dead. He's not looking at him. <laughs> you know how dead men act? <laughs> Didn't the Bible say, reckon you yourselves dead indeed unto sin and alive to God? Concerning this realm and this life, we haven't taken it seriously enough. You take a dead guy in a casket, you can come up and say, you're the ugliest guy ever seen. And I know why you're ugly. Your mama's ugly. <laughs> and a pitiful excuse for kids that you got over there. What kind of response? What kind of response? <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. So Nothing. And he says, you say to the dead man, you ain't going to get your healing. Does he raise up and go, oh no. <laughs> dead men, dead women do not care at all about such things. We've been too alive unto this world. And the things of it have meant too much and too important. Which is why it's so easy for the enemy to scare you about it. You're going to lose it. You're going to lose it. What if you die? What if you die? Honey, you're going to die. If the Lord tears is coming just that much longer, you're going to die. I'm going to die. The person in front of you, beside you, your cat, your canary. Is that right? Your goldfish. Everything down here is dying. What if this happens? What if that happens? You want to, don't want to be foolish. You want to be led. But at the same time. 
It just doesn't mean, a lot of this stuff just doesn't mean that much to you. And if that happens, you get free. What do I have to do to get free? You have to die. The flesh must die. Oh, I want it, I want it, I want it. Get you a spike and go boom. And the enemy knows, he knows which buttons to push. Maybe it doesn't bug you about this or about that, but then they talked about uh, your wife. Or they talked about your kids, or they talked about your ministry, or they talked about the Lord, or they talked about your favorite preacher. And a lot of times the guy's dead, 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 and then they brought that up, and it's kind of like the one of those little jack-in-the-boxes. Yeah. Anybody remember the old jack-in-the-box? Do they even make them anymore? Yeah. It's a jack in a box. And you crank. And you crank it. Is that right? Nothing happens. Nothing don't do not pop. And that's how the enemy works. He'll work on this. He'll bring fears. He'll bring feelings. Don't do not don't Right? And you're supposed to be dead, dead, unmoved, unresponsive. But if he can get to you enough, up comes the dead man. He goes, you don't talk about my kids that way. <laughs> if it always felt dead, you wouldn't have to reckon it dead. Mm. Somebody say glory to God. Where are you? What verse are you in? He that loves his life. What's going to happen? He'll lose it. He that hates his life in this world. You need to say it out loud. I don't love the world. I don't love life in this world. I'm made for something else. My citizenship, my citizenship is, in is in heaven. My home is there. My home is there. I'm just passing through. Now we're not just loitering. We're soldiers. We're on mission. We have a job to do. Get in. Get your job done. Get out. Right? But we don't... How many Christians, don't raise your hand on this now, but how many Christians are pushing, pushing, pushing for 30 years, 40 years, 50 years to get that American dream or European dream, whatever, and you can retire and play golf and and fish and, and live, live life. Enjoy life and love it. <laughs> you will invariably be disappointed. You can't, your spirit cannot be satisfied with endless games of golf. That's what I think my cat, no. I'm telling you, if you'll pay attention to your inside, you were made for more. Your spirit cannot be satisfied with fishing and laying on the beach every day. You can't. You can enjoy a few things along, but this is not where we're destined for. This is not the end. This is not our destination. This is the briefest thing we will ever do. Right? We're just flashing through here with a job to do. And when you get the realization of that, you get to where you don't love this. 
And you begin to discern the darkness of the world and, and the curse that's in it. And I don't want to stay here any longer than I need to. I want to get my job done and go on to my reward. You too. But if you don't love this, then you don't cling to it. And you don't hold on to it and you're not scared of losing it. The devil can't leverage you with that fear. Come on, go back to uh, Hebrews. Just a little more, I think. Hebrews 11, the verse we ended up. They did what in, by faith? They died. In faith, verse 13. They died what? Read the rest of it. Does that sound like failure to you? They didn't receive the promises. So that was definitely a faith failure. Well, they didn't receive. See, that's results orientation. What pleases God? Faith. Did they die in faith? Then they pleased God. Is that right? I know Maya, I mentioned my dad a few moments ago. I'll mention him again. He actually had had a fear of flying. And when we got into aviation, I wanted him to be able to go with us on a trip sometime and enjoy, you know, what the Lord was doing and enjoy a meeting. And we went up one time and just, and boy, it bothered him greatly. So we just didn't mess with it again for years. And then we were going to a certain meeting, actually down here in Florida. This was years before the church or I didn't, I guess at that time I didn't even know Sarasota was here. We were flying to Miami actually to join some folks in a meeting. And he said that, uh, that he wanted to go. They wanted to go. I thought, well, okay. Talk to him a little bit. You sure? Yeah. I could tell the day we went in, it was bothering him some, but he wanted to go. He's a faith man. He did not want that fear to limit him. And so, here we go. Well, he seemed to be doing pretty good. And we got up about uh, St. Pete, right over St. Pete. And I look back, he slumped over against the window. He's gone. He died. Right there. I'm flying the plane. I can't do anything. I got it down as quick as I could. Uh, medics rushed out, rushed him to the hospital. He's gone. Gone. And uh, it bothered me. I thought, we didn't have to push it. We didn't have to take it. We didn't, he didn't have to fly that trip. And it bothered me. I thought, did, did we miss it? Does I not pay attention to the Lord say something? I just didn't ignore it. I, I, I wrestled with it. I cried. It bothered me for several days. And the Spirit of God spoke to me. Thank God for the comforter. He spoke to me. He said, uh, first thing he said was, Keith, you're being ungrateful. <laughs> I didn't expect that. You're being unthankful. I thought, huh? He said, how many hours did you have with one of the best dads a boy could have? I said, hundreds of thousands. I, I took a calculator out. I figured it out. It was hundreds of thousands. He said, a lot of boys never even have a dad. A lot of them don't have a good one. You had one of the best dads a boy could have for all those years. He said, are you, are you thankful? I said, yes, sir. Forgive me. I am thankful. 
Now I begin to be thankful. Makes all the difference. And he, he knew that would open me up to some more light. The Bible said in Romans, being unthankful darkens your understanding. The more ungrateful you are, the dumber you are. It's true. You can't see stuff. It can be right in front of you. You won't even see it. But see, I begin to be thankful. It opened me up. And here's what he said. He said, it's important to your father, your dad, that you see this right. It's like he's conveying something to me from him. I thought, what? He said, no dad wants his son to think of him in weakness or failure. He said, your dad died in faith. He died facing his fear. He died with his boots on. Come on, are you listening to We all going to die. Come on, are you? Are we all going to die? If the Lord tears is coming just a little while, we're going to go. And is the big thing is not how long you manage to hold on and drag a ragged breath down here. It's how you lived by faith. And then when you went, how you died by faith. You died not cowering, not scared. Oh, no, no, no. You died. Hallelujah. I'm an overcomer. Hallelujah. I'm an overcomer. Greater is he that's in me. And just because your body quit breathing, that didn't change a thing. All it did was take the limitations off of you. Hallelujah. And you know it's true better than you ever did. And you sail out of here and go to be with Jesus. Hallelujah. And when I talked to Brother Kenneth and Miss Gloria, uh, when it happened, Spirit of God spoke through him. He said, Keith, he said, I don't think your dad knew he died. And it hit me, I thought, yeah, we're flying along. We're already at 20-something thousand feet. He's got a good head start. Is that right? Just, 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 just keep going. Kind of like Enoch. Is that right? Just, just keep on going. <laughs> but you, you see, when people hear about death, they begin to get... Morbid, if you will, they begin to get depressed. Oh, that's so sad. That's He's a believer. It's not sad. It's glorious. He didn't even get a glimpse of death on his way out. He just slipped out of a body that wasn't working good for him anyway. And you and I are soon and very, very soon going to find out about it. I don't care if you live another 50, 75 years. It's going to go by so fast. How many know this? Very soon you're going to look up and your course is going to be run. It's going to be time to go. And somebody needs to say it real loud. I am not afraid. I am not afraid. Somebody needs to hear this. Verse 13. They died. What? In faith. What? Not Having received the promises, but they saw them afar off. Well, they're not seeing this in the natural. We look not at the things which are seen, but at the things that are not seen. How do you look at things not seen? By faith. And they were what? Persuaded. That's faith of them. And what else did they do? They received them. They embraced them. And what else did they do? They confessed. That it was true and they were strangers and pilgrims on there. I told you we're just passing through. Oh, somebody say glory to God. Glory to God. 
Skip to 32. Verse 32. They died in faith. Not seeing it all. Not experiencing all the promises that God told them about. What shall I more say? Time would fail me to tell of, Paul gets to preaching right here. Gideon, of Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and of the prophets. Through faith, they subdued kingdoms. They worked righteousness. They obtained promises. Stopped the mouths of lions. Hallelujah. They quenched the violence of fire. They escaped the edge of the sword. Out of weakness they became strong. Waxed valiant in fight. Turned to flight armies of the aliens. Somebody said amen, amen. Amen. Women received their dead. Raised to life again. Others were tortured. Not accepting deliverance. And the faith people go, whoa, huh? Huh? Uh, we, we believe for deliverance. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Torture, no. Deliverance, yes. <laughs> ah, ah. <laughs> it takes more faith to pass on the deliverance when you know it's available. Listen, why would somebody do that? How about the master? Don't you know? I could call on the father. He'd send me legions of angels right now. But what did he do? He didn't take it. Why didn't he take it? Faith. Faith. That he was going to do what he was supposed to do. He was going to redeem you and me. And even though he would feel death. The Bible said he tasted death for every man. He did get a glimpse of death. He saw it full on. He tasted it. He received it into himself and he died and was dead and taken to the heart of the earth. And he let it happen to him. Somebody say, let it happen to you. Just remember, he said, I received this commandment of my father. I have the power to lay down my life, and I got the power to take it back up again. His faith was based on the word the father gave him. Hallelujah. So he laid down and died. He let it happen in faith that when the time came, he would come alive. He would come up. He would come out victorious over all the sin you and I that put him on the cross. Not accepting deliverance. That they might obtain a better resurrection. We need mind renewal. I said we need mind renewal. They were willing to forfeit temporary physical deliverance. And some more years of life. To get a better reward and better resurrection. Then that must be much more real to them. Than this is. Anybody remember. Revelation 12. The accuser of the brethren. That accused them before our God. Night and day. And they overcame him. By the blood of the lamb. And by the word of their testimony. And that ain't the end of the verse. I said that's not the end of the verse. What is that? Revelation 12. 11. 
Revelation 12, 11. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb, by the word of their testimony. They, and they, what? That's not the end. That's not the end. What? They loved not. They loved not their lives unto death. Many martyrs throughout the history of the church. There's been groups of people that had a revelation of this through the generations. And, uh, you know, some of it went too far, but some folks almost daring. I bet I get martyred for you do. Why? He must have dared me. I'm going to believe God to be protected. Well, that's good and fine. But there can be occasions where if you got the heart for it, <laughs> did I lose somebody? <laughs> and you got the faith for it, your exit this way will impact the kingdom of God even greater than you hanging around a few more years and getting older. Now the only way to know that is by the Spirit of God. That's the only way. It also takes faith to overcome every weakness and disease and live 70, 80, 90, 100. Come on, are you listening? It gets easier to just quit and go. But God needs some people living 100 years old. Serving God strong. 110. 120. Is it possible? Oh, we got cases of it in the world today. There are people alive right now that's that old. Not many. They overcame him. Now get this. What enabled them to overcome? We've mentioned oftentimes two things. But there's actually three things in this verse. Isn't there? How did they overcome him? By the blood of the Lamb, by the word of their testimony, and they didn't love their lives unto death. The enemy will try to scare you with not getting your money, not getting rid of the symptoms, dying from the disease, dying from the accident, dying from violence, dying from this and that. But that only works if you're not dead. Come on, back to the guy in the casket. I'm going to shoot you dead in the middle of the eye. Tell me his response. Tell me his response. I'm going to beat you with a bat till ain't nothing moving. Ain't nothing moving now. You can't scare a dead man. You can't move him. Somebody say unmoved. 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 Isn't that what Paul said? Yes. What did he say? All the things that were going on. What did he say? None of these things. Why didn't they move him? He's dead. After the natural. He don't love this life anyway. He loves God. He loves people. He wants to get the job done. Stay until he gets it done. But he's not in love with this world. Didn't the Bible say don't love the world? Don't love the world. Don't love the things of the world. Because the love of the world is not the love of the Father. I know it takes some mind renewal.
But I believe seeds are being planted. And if we grow in this, next thing you know, the enemy will be doing the best he can to mess with you. And he'll be trying to take your pulse. You know what? This used to work so good. I could just bring this by their mind and they couldn't even sleep all night. I, I could just do this and cause these symptoms and they'd go there and ask everybody a hundred times to pray for them and they'd lose their peace and joy for a month and a half. And now, let's see, you're going to die. You go, I know. <laughs> so, the fact that I'm going to die is not the deal. Everybody ought to know that. The big thing is how. Somebody say how. How I live. Come on, how do I live? Come on, help me out. How do I live? I live by faith. I walk by faith. And when it comes time to die, I'm going to die with my boots on. I'm going to die facing death. How many want to walk boldly right up to it and spit death in the eye? Where's my angel? Come on, are you listening? No, zero fear. None. No fear of death. I know we talk about it, but most people have a lot of fear. But it's possible to be completely free. Let this word come in you right now. Come on, let it come in you. Somebody say, I receive this word. Let this word come into you and it will work stronger and stronger and perfect love casts out. I mean, it'll push it out. It will just, you'll get so full of faith of God and the love of God until it pushes all of the dread, all of the fear, the worry, the anxiety out of you. <laughs> Hallelujah! You can be completely free. I don't claim to have got it all, but I know the older I get and the more I learn, the less I care about a lot of stuff. And it makes it harder for the enemy to mess with me. Because if you don't care about it, if you won't get worked up about it, his tactics are not working anymore. The spirit becomes more and more real to you. What I'm about to go into becomes more and more real to me. And you put less and less stock in these things. Keep reading. Keep reading. Paul was preaching. Women. Receive their dead raised to life again. Others were tortured. but they And deliverance was available. And they said no thank you. I've been praying about which one would glorify God more. Me staying or going like this. And I know in my heart this would glorify God more. So no thanks. Keep your deliverance. That they might obtain a better resurrection. Keep going. Keep going. Others had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings. Bonds. Imprisonments. Keep going. They were stoned. They were sawn asunder. They were tempted. They were slain with a sword. They wandered about in sheepskins, goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts, in mountains, in dens and caves of the earth. And these all, now you know a Christian wandering around in a goatskin in a cave is not an overcomer. No, you don't know that. I said, you don't know that. Because what's God looking at? How much stuff they got? 
How many people knows them? Huh? All of these that he just got through mentioning, how'd they get in the great hall of fame of faith chapter? They're here in, in Hebrews 11. How'd they get here? They all had a good report through faith and what? 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 They died in faith, not seeing come to pass what God had told them about. But that's not defeat. I must have lost somebody. Am I reading the Bible? Why? Because this is not all there is. This is not all. Listen, hold your place right there, but listen to 1 Timothy 5, 24. Hold your place right there in Hebrews. 1 Timothy 5, 24. Some men's sins are open beforehand, going before to judgment. Some men, they follow after. Nobody ever gets away with anything. I know it. It was 40 years. Nobody find that ain't, that's not the end. This life is not the end. Unless you got it under the blood. Are y'all with me? Verse 25. Likewise also the good works of some are manifest beforehand. And they that are otherwise. What do you mean otherwise? They are not seen in this life. They are not seen here and now, but they cannot be hid. When we get this, uh, it, it will set you free from hungering for people's approval and recognition. Because if, if, if all this is the, the most important thing to you, then if people don't acknowledge you, if they don't give you credit, if they don't praise you, then you're devastated and you're tormented and vexed and the enemy just can just keep jabbing you with that and jabbing you with that. But when you know the truth, oh, somebody say the truth. What will the truth do for you? It will make you free. When you know the truth, you know that God is not unrighteous to forget. Everything that you ever did in obedience to him and faithfulness to him, he will never forget it. Never, never, never. And the fact is, it's actually better if it doesn't come out now. How long do people remember stuff down here now? So we put you up and we say, look at them. Whoo, they're faithful. Man, they did a good job. How about day after tomorrow? Let me tell you what's better. You worked behind the scenes. You were faithful. You hung in there. You did what you did, not for men's approval. You did it unto the Lord. You did it before him. Hallelujah. And you went your whole life and nobody knew you were the force behind the force. Hallelujah. Nobody knew how big a part you played. Then there's going to come a time. After this life, hallelujah, when the Lord's going to call you front and center, come on here, call your name and you will be acknowledged later, then, there. That's bigger. That's better. That's why these guys knew about a better resurrection. It was well worth forfeiting some things down here. Do we need mind renewal, saints? It's working in us. Go back to Hebrews. Hebrews 11. These all obtain a good report. Through faith, received not the promise. Somebody needs to say it again. This life life is not the end. end. Just because you didn't see it 
in this life. Doesn't mean it failed. They didn't see it. But God having provided some better thing for us that they without us should not be made perfect. They get it better. They get to get it with us. Hallelujah. All together. It didn't feel like it when they were wearing the goat skin. Getting cut in half. But if you died in faith by faith, endeavoring to please him and obey him to the glory of God. I mean, as soon as that pain was over and you quit breathing, God snatched you out of there. And he said, look, you ain't, you talk about glory. You ain't missed nothing on the earth. You wait till you see what we got coming up. And you see all these guys, I'm going to put you right in the middle with them. Hallelujah. Woo. Glory to God. Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with such a great cloud of witnesses. What kind of witnesses? Faith. Faith, witness. All these guys are waiting to see the fulfillment of the prophecies that came through them a thousand years ago. Hallelujah. 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 Isaiah's saying, you watch it, it's coming. I can see it on the horizon. He stood and prophesied it all those centuries ago. Jeremiah, Ezekiel, hallelujah. What are they waiting on? The big finale. (laughs) There's going to be a sound. Talk to you a little bit about tomorrow night. There's going to be a sound. Anybody know there's going to come an angel out of heaven. Hallelujah. And he's going to give a shout. Hallelujah. And there's going to be a trumpet. And there's going to be a tone. Hallelujah. And all the guys that are already over on the other side. And it might have looked to the people around them when they died. Like they died in weakness. Like they died a failure. They didn't see it. They didn't get it. Well, they don't know. Because when you die in faith, God is pleased with you now. Oh, hallelujah. Before you see it all. And he's bringing it to pass. Glory to God. And it's going to come together like nobody ever thought it could. Hallelujah. I hadn't seen it here, hadn't heard it. But it's going to come together in such a way that the glory of God is going to fill the earth. And we're all going to be with him in this glorious moment of time. Hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. 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 Seeing we're compassed about with such a great cloud of witnesses. Let's lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. We need a revelation. When you realize how little some of these things mean, they won't be such a temptation to you. When you begin to see them for what they really are. Think about so many of the sins. That people are tempted to do. They are so transient. Is that right? People just mess up their lives. Over three minutes of this. Is that really worth. Forfeiting all these things. It's a lie to love it. And think it's so big. When it's so small. And it's so little. 
When you see it and you realize everybody, the part of this host that you and I are a part of. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Same, somebody say, same spirit of faith. Same same spirit of faith. We read about Enoch and Abraham. We read about these others. And your name is in here too. Hebrews 11 is not finished. He, He was just remarking where he was at the time. That list is going on and on and on. Remember, he talked about us. He said that they without us should not see the whole thing. We're going to get the whole thing with them. Us and them together. Lay it aside. Run with patience the race that's set before us. Verse 2. Look into Jesus. That's not looking to the natural down here. Look into Jesus. The author. The source. And beginner. And he that has begun a good work in us. He will perform it. The finisher of our faith. Who for the joy that was set. Come on can you see it. Out in front of him. That's how he endured the cross. That's how he despised the shame. That's how he resisted the temptation. To call on the angels and get delivered. That's how he did it. He was feeling the pain. He was going through the stuff. But by faith. He looked away. Brother Kenneth was singing about it last night. Hallelujah. By faith he looked away. Hallelujah. And he was able to endure the cross and the pain because he could see by faith resurrection. He could see deliverance from all sin and freedom from judgment. He could see a future. He could see him coming, riding on the white horse and all of us with him clothed in white linen. He could see it. It looked like defeat. It looked like failure. It looked like the prophecies wasn't coming to pass. And if the devil had known, he would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But he didn't know because he was putting too much stock in what he was seeing. And what what was going on right here and now. And played right into the hands of God. And was stripped and brought to naught. Hallelujah. Stand on your feet, everybody. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.